0: Good morning, gamers. Welcome to Morning Martley, your trusted source for the latest in gaming news. Grab your morning potion and let's level up your day. This week, Microsoft's gaming leadership is set to discuss their strategy to release certain Xbox titles on PlayStation and Nintendo systems. This announcement will be part of a business update shared in a podcast episode, scheduled for release on Thursday, the 15th of February at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Or noon Pacific time. Phil Spencer, the head of Microsoft Gaming, alongside Xbox president Sarah Bond and Matt Booty, the head of Xbox Game Studios, will provide insights into the Xbox business's current state. This update, as revealed on a post on Platform X, follows various leaks hinting at Microsoft's intention to make part of its game library available on competing consoles, marking a significant shift in strategy. Speculation has been rife, especially after rumours suggested that high-profile exclusives like last year's Starfield and this year's Indiana Jones and the Great Circle might also be included. This news has stirred the Xbox community with reports of unease among Xbox staff regarding these developments. The extent to which Microsoft plans to integrate its games with rival platforms remains to be seen. But the forthcoming podcast is anticipated to shed light on how these strategies may have evolved in response to the leaks. Due to a significant bug that improperly scaled the burn status effect, Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League, will introduce a new leaderboard. The issue came to light as players began achieving mastery levels post-game that far exceeded the developers' expectations, as shared by Rocksteady on the game's Discord server. This bug led to the burn damage increasing with the mastery levels, a scenario not intended at the game's launch. Rocksteady is currently addressing this scaling issue and plans to reset the leaderboard once the correction is implemented. The Thaumaturge, initially scheduled for an earlier release, is now set to debut on the 4th of March. 11-Bit Studios, the publisher, announced this delay on social media, attributing the decision to the crowded release schedule of February. This month sees the launch of notable titles like Ubisoft's Skull and Bones on the 16th and Final Fantasy VII Rebirth on the 29th. Despite the game's completion. 11-Bit Studios aims to provide the Thaumaturge with a launch window that ensures it receives the attention it merits, expressing gratitude for the patience of their audience and inviting them to experience the game set in 1905 Warsaw. The narrative of Final Fantasy VII and its characters, particularly Cloudstrife and his companions, might conclude on a more optimistic note in the upcoming installment – Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, according to recent comments from the game's producer, Yoshinori Kitase. In a conversation with the Spanish media outlet Vandal, Kitase expressed his desire for a happier ending for the characters after decades of familiarity with them. However, he acknowledged the diversity of opinions within the development team, hinting at a blend of drama and tragedy in the journey towards the story's conclusion. This development follows the intriguing path set by the 2020 Final Fantasy VII Remake, which diverged from the original 1997 game's storyline, sparking speculation about the direction of the narrative. In related news, as the release of Final Fantasy VII Rebirth approaches, leaks and spoilers have begun to circulate online, including screenshots and video clips. Fans eager to experience the game spoiler-free are advised to take precautions on social media. The leak suggests that some individuals might have obtained early copies of the game, leading to the widespread sharing of potentially spoiler-rich content. A separate conversation has emerged around the demo for Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, with discussions focusing on the use of yellow paint in game design to guide players. This design choice, while common, has sparked debate among players on X, reminiscent of similar discussions around other game demos. Arrowhead Game Studios, the developer behind Helldivers 2, has issued an apology for ongoing issues plaguing the game and stressed the importance of REST for its team following server maintenance aimed at addressing several problems. Despite efforts to fix issues related to logins, server capacity and progression, Challenges persist. Arrowhead's commitment to resolving these issues was underscored by a pause to allow the development team to rest before continuing their efforts. In the realm of game monetization, Arrowhead's CEO Johan Pilstedt shared insights on the company's philosophy towards microtransactions in Helldivers 2. Peilstedt emphasized the principle that games should earn the right to monetize and assured that the game's design avoids pay-to-win mechanics, highlighting that most in-game items, including a notably cool revolver, can be obtained through gameplay. That wraps up today's episode of Morning Martlet, where we ventured through the twists and turns of the gaming industry, and until next time, keep playing, keep dreaming, and keep listening to Morning Martlet.